Welcome to PwC IFRS Talks, your source for all things IFRS. I'm your host, Rahaza Sheikh. Today's podcast focuses on the hot topic of rising inflation and interest rates. And joining me today is Laura Kennedy, who's a director in our global accounting technical team. Laura joined PwC earlier this year and was actually previously a member of the staff at the ISB. Laura, welcome to PwC and welcome to IFS Talks. Hi, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Um, Rahaza, I think you already know I'm a big fan of the podcast, so I'm excited to be here. Great, great to have you. So rising inflation, rising interest rates, where do we begin? We're hearing so much about it in the media. It's being talked about by economists, banks, world leaders, and well, you know, just about everyone. I mean, just last week I was reading PwC UK's September economic outlook, um, and that talks about how highly uncertain the UK's inflation outlook is right now. And it also included an estimate that inflation could peak at 17% next year which should be the highest rate in the UK since the 1980s. And I know many countries are dealing with similar challenges. So maybe a question for you, Laura, as accountants and as auditors, what is it that we should be thinking about now when it comes to rising inflation and where do we even start? So um, funny that you should ask that Rahaza because actually uh, PwC recently published a new guide And the purpose of that guide is to help us accountants with exactly that question, where do we start? So the guide that we have out and it's on our viewpoint side is called Navigating IFRS Accounting Standards in Periods of Rising Inflation and Interest Rates. And I believe you're going to attach it to the podcast. Is that right? That that's correct. So I will include a link and it's available on our website uh, viewpoint. So can you give us an overview of what's covered in the guide? Sure, um, I can indeed. So I guess first, it probably goes without saying, but I'll just say it anyway. Rising inflation and also rising interest rates, along with all the things that come with that, so possible market uncertainty, possible volatility, all those things have impacts across the financial statements, across different line items, um, particularly on areas with measurement estimates and on the disclosures. And given that there's effects on so many areas, it can really be hard to know where to start. So then comes in our guide. So what we've really aimed to do essentially is we are walking through the IFRS financial statements, We've gone through all the different standards, the impairment requirements, the financial instrument requirements, fair value requirements, all sorts of requirements. And we've pulled out some of the key areas that we think are the ones that could be most impacted and the things that we want people to be thinking about in those areas. The guide is pretty comprehensive um, because it's going through all those different requirements, but it is generally focused on a few key things. Um, So the types of things that we're thinking about there, we're thinking about is there information that in the past it might have been immaterial, but now it's become more material or it's going to become material. 
what are the impacts on your significant judgments and your areas of estimation uncertainty, particularly around your cash flow estimates? Are there any assessments that you're doing that you'll need to update more frequently than you did in the past because of changes going on in the market? Are there some areas where you might have used historic trend information for predicting uh, your future cash flows, but actually now those past trends are becoming less relevant and maybe you need to think about adding in more adjustments to those. And then always uh, we're thinking about what disclosures do you need? What does someone picking up the financial statements need to understand the impact that rising inflation and interest rates is having on the business and also is expected to have on the business? So those are all the types of things we're thinking about in this guide. Thanks, Laura. I think it really helps to set the scene and sort of, you know, have the right mindset when you're starting to think about the impacts of inflation and rising interest rates. So coming back to the point, it might be an accountant's initial reaction to think about, you know, indexes, market rates and discount rates. You know, I think that's the first thing you tend to focus on when you're thinking about inflation and interest rates. But there are wider implications that this can have on the economic environment that will affect the accounting. Can you perhaps expand a bit more on that? Yeah, sure, absolutely. And to be honest, for me too, my first reaction is instantly um, to think about discount rates, but there's a lot more than that. So, you know, we all know there's lots of detail in the IFRS requirements, but Generally, all the measurement requirements that are there are aimed at following the same principle, which is set out in IS1. And that is to assist the users of financial statements in predicting an entity's future cash flows, and in particular, the timing and the uncertainty of those cash flows. That's the principle. And so we know there are lots of changes that could impact future cash flows, particularly when, in, when we're in a period of inflation and interest rates on the rise. Um, so some of the examples of the types of things we're thinking about that can affect your accounting are your expectations of future price rises. And, you know, what extent can you pass those future price rises on to customers? Are there any limits there? Thinking about your changes in your customer's behavior, maybe customers will switch to lower price goods or they'll reduce consumption altogether. Um, and another thing is thinking about the likelihood of coming into financial difficulty. So that's thinking about the entity itself, but also thinking about financial difficulty for customers and for suppliers. One of the areas you referred to earlier was around you know, reassessing materiality judgments. This can be a tricky area, and I think it's important to remind ourselves that in assessing materiality, entities should be considering information that is useful to the primary users of the financial statements. Now, this could mean that entities may need to assess whether any additional disclosures beyond those specifically required by other IFRS standards are needed in order to comply with IS1. And, you know, we appreciate it is it is a matter of judgment on which disclosures they may be. Laura, can you perhaps um, provide our listeners with some examples on what additional disclosures an entity might provide in order to help users understand the impact of rising inflation and interest rates on the entity's financial position and its financial performance? Yeah, sure. That's right. 
it's probably worth saying that in most cases, the disclosures that are required by the other specific IFRS standards will often actually be enough to meet that objective in IS1. But you're right, there could be examples where an entity would consider whether to provide some extra information on top of that. So one example an entity might consider providing extra information on could be around the expected costs it has to replace its assets, the ones that are due for replacement soon, and particularly for assets that are really core to that entity's operations and that will cost significantly more than what was paid previously to replace or that costs significantly more than you'd previously been budgeting for. That's one example. And another example of something an entity might consider providing additional disclosures on would be information around covenants that are on any loans or other borrowings that the entity has. So for example, how close or not close is the entity to reaching the breach limits on the covenants? And how would management expect to address the circumstance if it arose in which the covenants are breached? So those are a couple of examples. Thanks, Laura. I think that's helpful, especially sharing a couple of examples can really just bring it to light what we're mm. referring to. And so you mentioned that our in-depth goes into detail on, you know, a number of accounting standards. Can you maybe share a couple more examples of some of the key areas that are covered in that in-depth or the, the guide that we have pulled together? Hmm, yeah, sure. Well, I can try. Just to say, by the way, I think we covered about 30 IFRS standards. You know, I think you instantly think about the big ones like asset impairment in IS 36, IFRS 9, financial instruments. But actually, when you walk through, there's so many areas across uh, different financial statement line items that can be affected. Uh, so maybe just to pull out a full few of the examples. So like I mentioned, there's IFRS 9 financial instruments and in particular thinking about the impact on expected credit losses and disclosures around things around, for example, liquidity risk. There's income taxes and the impacts there could be on your forecasts of your future taxable profit, taxable income, sorry, correct language. Uh, we've got employee benefits, particularly defined benefit pension schemes, and those are covered in IS-19. We've got effects potentially on your accounting for foreign currencies, so foreign currency exchange rates in particular. Um, there could be circumstances when there's volatility in exchange rates and maybe using an average rate is no longer appropriate. And there's also IS-37, which covers provisions and contingent liabilities and also contingent assets and there might be some impacts there on discount rates um, and on decommissioning obligations and also on um, measuring onerous contracts. So yes that is a few hopefully that helps. Um, I probably won't go into any more because there's so many. No I, I appreciate that Laura. We, we can't cover every topic on a <laughs> on our podcast today unfortunately but we do as mentioned we have quite a comprehensive guide pulled together so please do refer to the in-depth for more information. So to wrap up the podcast Laura I have a question for you what would be your one top tip or you know one key reminder to our listeners? Good question 
I guess if I had to say something on this topic, it would be to remember about disclosures and also that disclosures are about quality, not quantity. And then maybe the other thing about disclosures is just trying to remember disclosures and think about them at the same time that you're working through the accounting, so the recognition and the measurement. And this is something I hear often when I'm listening into some of the discussions of the ISB actually and I think particularly even the ISB chair Andreas I was listening to him in this month's ISB podcast and also brought up this idea of thinking about disclosures at the same time as thinking about your measurement uh, so yes the message I would leave behind is remember disclosures thanks Laura I think I, I would echo that point completely it's, it's the disclosures that is what's seen by the users of the financial statements and we put in a lot of hard work thinking about the measurement and it's just making that in its way to the financial statements. So thank you, Laura. That's been really helpful oversight of factors to think about and you know, really hot topic that we're seeing at the moment. And that brings us to the end of the podcast. So once again, thanks for joining me today, Laura. Very welcome. Thank you for having me. And a big thank you to all our listeners. Until next time, happy accounting. The preceding programme was brought to you by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP. This content is for general information purposes and is not a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Music